he would always make fun of me about yoga. He's like, oh, you and your yoga. Oh. And then um, he reached out to me after he had a stroke and he's like, can you help me heal through yoga? And I have. Hey, you're 86. I'm Justin Myers, and this is a show about how bartenders handle bad situations. Let's face it, our industry is unhealthy, but does it have to be? My guest today is Tanya Clark. Tanya has been in the industry for 14 years, but she's also a yoga teacher and wellness coach focused on making our industry healthier. Tanya is an operating owner and partner of Moxie Yoga Studios here in SF and founder of Jigger and Dash Wellness, which puts on health and wellness focus events for bartenders. Let's hear what she had to say. It's a teacher in a bad situation. Well, not a bad situation. It's just, it, it puts a, a bit more pressure on the instructor if they've like signed in their own class and like, and stuff like that. So I think that I was very surprised that that was going to be so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, let's, let's talk about exercise and yoga. It's hard for a lot of bartenders to get into a routine of doing that and we all need it. And I think there's a lot of things working against us. One, our job is very physical. And I know I'm, I myself, after a shift or the next day, I'm just like, I just want to stay in bed. I don't want to do anything, you know, totally. <laughs> especially go to an exercise totally, class. Yeah. How have you found personally or, or even for uh, the people you teach, what's a good way to get motivated to, to just, because I think you just need to get out there and do it. Yeah. I completely agree with you, Justin. It's like the hardest step is to the first step of doing anything. And me being in the, industry, in the industry for 14, almost 15 years now, it's like you have those slumps where you've worked six shifts in a row, yeah. and it's that press, play, and repeat where you go to work, you sleep, you get up, you go to work, you sleep, you get up. And so that's the routine, and mm. that's the routine we're all used to. And so I think some one part of the advice that I'd like to give to people that aren't necessarily savvy with um, – working out or they just don't know what to do, find a friend, find somebody that maybe isn't in your network that can guide you into a space where you feel comfortable. Because even if you're with a friend in like this workout class, like you still feel a part of it more because you know somebody there. I think another hard thing is group classes are hard for especially bartenders because we have an ego. Um, We want to be good at everything right away. And we know we're good at bartending, and so we we know we should be good at this. And so we're very reluctant to try new things that are good for our bodies. And so I think having some kind of familiarity, um, that's why I created Jigger and Dash Wellness, because I think part of the problem is, or one of the issues might be um, that we don't have a tribe outside of the bar. It's like our tribe is the bar. And so how can we have that tribe, not just in the bar, but in a different space, a space of wellness? Yeah, I always felt that way. It's like, I don't want to go to a yoga class. I don't know any of these people. I don't like any of these people. I just want to hang out with my bartender friends. But, you know, they're at the bar all the time. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so it's like... And what I've created, it's been really interesting and intriguing to find out what people like. If people, like, when I host yoga classes, sometimes the attendance isn't great. And a lot of people flake. And that's our industry. That happens. Yeah. A lot of people say they're going to do something and they don't do it. Um, but I think some of those trigger words, like the word yoga, scares people. Mm-hmm. I'm not flexible. I can't touch my toes. I can't do this. It's just like, it's not about all of that. It's less about the physical part and more about the mental and emotional part where you're just there. Like when we bartend, we, it's like 
we're putting puzzle pieces together in our mind to make everything work, right? Mm-hmm. But like in a yoga studio, you're just there and all the piece of puzzle pieces don't have to work and you don't have to be perfect. That's where the ego comes in, I think, is that we want to be so good at it because we're so good at this other thing. Um, it's scary. The word yoga scares people. And so I've even done events where I didn't even call it yoga. I was just like movement for bartenders. Like mm. that got more attendance than a yoga class, which, which is essentially the same exact thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's a scary word and I get, and I get it. I get it. How was it for you like starting out? I guess you have a history of being in fitness and exercise. And what did you find worked for you balancing your career at the bar with having a healthy lifestyle? I think growing up and always being in sports and then like coaching college basketball, like I was always around some sort of fitness then I was always bartending. Mm. Like, and so I, I always had that other part of me where sometimes I get made fun of by my bartender friends. They're like, oh, you're doing yoga again tomorrow morning. Like, oh, you're not <laughs> drinking tonight, you know? And then it's like, yeah, I am because I really like doing this. And um, I think finding things that I really like to do. I don't like lifting weights. So yeah. I don't do it. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I, I had to find something that I really liked doing that I looked forward to going to that I knew was going to kick my ass, but didn't completely hate it when I was there. Um, I don't like to lift weights because I lifted weights for over half of my life being a college athlete. Like that's all I did. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to find an outlet like yoga um, that gave me that push and it wasn't competitive, which is really great. I think that's important too is like even I, f- I felt myself in fitness classes, like looking at the other person, like you didn't do 21 push-ups, or we're supposed to do 21 push-ups. And then that's where my head goes. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes that's where bartenders' brains go too. It becomes more of a competition with the other people in the room versus like doing the things that you're, you that you can do in your own body. Yeah, I think it's really important to find something that you're excited about and that you want to do, you know, not just try and force yourself to go to, I don't know, Pilates or whatever. Like, if you don't like it, there's, you know, a million different ways to exercise, so. A, mi- a million, yeah. <laughs> so I think um, I think it's it's just a matter of finding what works for you. Um, how did you come to yoga, and, and what can you recommend for, I, I guess, just trying things or? Yeah, so um, I was in a really interesting space when I was coaching because I was, I was coaching full time. I was still bartending five nights a week and I'd pick up shifts here and there just because like I still wanted to be on that hustle and that grind. And it came to a point where I was just, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I need something, anything. Like, And I just randomly went to a yoga class. It wasn't even planned. I was just like, oh, I'll go to yoga. Let's try this, you know? Mm. And so it was very challenging. And I, and that the, when I first started, that I was at that point where I was looking around the room, like, how come I can't do all of these things these other people are doing? Which then didn't not make, it didn't make me not want to come back. It made me motivated to see what my body was capable of, not just my body, but my mind too. Cause I noticed that that was the only place in the world where I just turned my brain off from all of the thousand and one things I had to do. Um, and so if I was to give advice to other bartenders trying to jump into yoga, don't do hot yoga. Don't do it. <laughs> if, it if it says anything hot, do, don't do it because you're not going to like it. <laughs> um, I feel like people, their first experience with yoga is so important. It's almost like a first impression, like meeting somebody. Right. Right. If you get like a bad vibe or like you're behind the bar and like you have a customer and like they're giving you like bad vibes, you're like, uh, well, I don't know if I want to like serve, like, you know, engage in a conversation. But if you find a customer that's like really inviting and awesome and like you feel really comfortable, you can talk with them for hours. 
like a yoga class, I think. Mm. I related to that. It's like find something on the schedule that does not say hot, that does not say Bikram, and that says all levels because all levels is truly all levels classes. It's like like at Moxie, we offer all levels classes, and I have women that are like 65 in my classes. And then I have like really young, like a son and daughter came to my class. So it's like, it's for everybody and it's for every body, um, shape and size, color. Like it's so inviting. And um, it's like a place where you can find solace. Like it's really awesome. Yeah, the mental component of it is so important too. Because I think our our job as bartenders is, is so physically demanding, but also like mentally demanding. You know, it's, this show is about difficult situations. We're in those a lot, and it's just hard to uh, to even just like talk to that many people. You know, it's busy Friday night. You're just talking to hundreds of people and trying to make everybody happy. And then, what do you do for to take care of yourself? I found personally that exercising gives you more energy, both physically and mentally. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And it's and it's a release of those endorphins. I know people like to joke about it, but like that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it gives you energy and it makes you it makes you more happy. So um yeah, moving your body is is definitely important in ways not behind the bar because it right. is it's so physically demanding. And I I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit um in what we do because we're always fighting to to get respect for what we do because we're the party. We're, we're, we're the party. We bring the party everywhere we go, you know, and it's hard to decipher sometimes like what's real life and what's the party Yeah, because we're always about it. Um, and we host these table talks, uh, for Jigger and Dash every month that focus on mental health. And, um, it's really interesting to see who shows up and it's really interesting to see who shares. And it's really cool to see, a whole bunch of people from different backgrounds, but we all love the same thing, not conversating inside of a bar <laughs> and like conversating about things that are like deep and true and real. And it's like the struggle is real. It's like, you know, depression and all of these things that that come up internally that we don't know how to deal with because we don't have those um options or we don't have like like readily accessible options to take care of ourselves mentally and so I think that's more important than the physical part because like you have one brain you know and we we, it's like one of the analogies that Brenna uses in our table talk it's like all of like the cortisol and stuff that's running in like through your body the chemicals um when, like on a busy Saturday night, it's like your adrenaline is so high. It's it's like you're almost getting it hit by a bus yeah. because your adrenaline's so high. And if you get hit by a if you almost get hit by a bus for eight hours straight, like that does that takes a toll in your body. And and then then we talk about substances like what brings us up, what takes us down, like what you know, and that just messes with our our physical our our chemistry, like our internal chemistry, which can cause like really interesting habits for people that may not um, be best for their well-being. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of internal chemistry, I think eating well is something that we all struggle with in the industry. I mean, you mentioned the the routine of, you know, the daily grind, just getting up and going to work. And I've, it's hard to find time to like go to the grocery store, prep good meals. And and then when we get off work, I think a lot of us like eat the food at our bars, which is usually, you know, like fried chicken sliders and French fries and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then 
you know, when we get off work late, at best, our option is tacos. And at worst, you know, maybe pizza. Yeah. <laughs> junk food. And what do you, what do you, what would you recommend for just how do we eat better in, in that environment? Um, we have to, in my opinion, it's so important to prep food um, because we're on the go all the time. And so I think the easier we make it for ourselves, the more likely we are to eat that healthy stuff in our, like the healthy shit in our refrigerator. Mm. It's like, even if you start off with, hey, on my day off, I'm going to take an hour of your time to prep snacks, not even meals, just snacks. Mm -hmm. You start small. I feel like sometimes when people hear the word meal prep, they're like, oh my God, I have to prep everything for every meal. Like, And then they're worried. Because we work with kitchens and we see what they do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, like that's going to take so much work and time. And it's just like, you got to crawl before you walk. It's like, you're going to be prepping 15 meals and 8,000 snacks. It's like, I always say start with something that makes sense and that, um, that, is ex- that's attainable for you with your time schedule. It's like if you have one day off, take an hour of your time. If you have two days off, maybe take an hour each day where one day you're prepping snacks, the next day you're prepping meals. And um, Tupperware is awesome. I just use freaking plastic baggies. Like I'll cut up cucumbers and do like a veggie medley, like cucumbers, carrots, and like cauliflower. And like they'll just be like, an indi- like individual baggies. And it's so easy. I just grab and go. It's so easy, um, but it takes discipline, and I think my advice would be just start with things that make sense. Like I feel like we try to do too much, and then it becomes overwhelming, and then we're like, we're never gonna do that again because yeah. it took too much time. We just, we just give up. We, exactly, we just give up, right? And so, and also another a, another piece of advice I could give is make things that you like eating. I mean. Find things that are healthy that you like. It's like if you don't like broccoli, like don't cook broccoli. Like don't try to. There's other vegetables. <laughs> yeah, it's just like there's so many other things. It's just like you know, oh, I don't like any vegetables. Well, guess what? Eat fruit. You know, there's always something that you could substitute for those potato chips. There's always something that you could substitute with those French fries. Because if you think about it, if you work five shifts a week in a place that has a kitchen, and they're prepping family meal, which is great, but five times a week that family meal is greasy. Um, it's food that's going to slow you down mentally. It's food that's going to slow you down emotionally because food is also an emotional roller coaster that you can take yourself on. Mm-hmm. And um, eating, these, eating these foods that are good for you internally will, will make you feel good. Um, I mean, it's just... It doesn't mean you have to stop eating hamburgers and tacos. Like, no. <laughs> eat those hamburgers. Eat those tacos. It's yeah. just everything in moderation. Right. It's like maybe. In balance. In balance. Exactly. It's like maybe like three of those five shifts, you prep a salad for after dinner or after your shift. And then maybe a couple of times you get those tacos. Or you get the. It's all about balance. It's not. I, I would. I don't condone like with with the things that I talk about totally cutting this out totally cutting that out because it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. like it's it's it, it's not attainable i don't think for anybody just a cold turkey i'm never eating another cheeseburger ever again <laughs> for my shift and then when you do it you're gonna feel bad about yourself right and right. so it's just those making those little tiny those small goals that you can like crawl to and then eventually like run with yeah i think uh another big thing that we face is well drinking we're around alcohol i like to think though if i worked at a cookie bakery i'd probably eat a lot of cookies but I work at a bar, so <laughs> I drink a lot of wine. 
What and then there, we have like this culture, you know, especially when we get together in bartender events and groups, and especially when there's like brand reps involved of like, oh, it's a round of shots for everyone. Let's do shots, you know. Let's and there's like this peer pressure element. And we want to be included, and it feels good. And like, you know, I think drinking is great, but I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in that culture and just get lost in it. And it's not healthy. We know it's not healthy, but we do it anyway. What are some things that you've done and can recommend to? find some balance with with not drinking too much or I think I think 90% of what you just talked about was about feeling included and it's the act it's the act of drinking something right so yeah. who cares what's in the cup pour grapefruit juice like I feel like being a part of that tribe it's the act of cheersing and and being there in the moment. But if you have something else other than alcohol in your cup, who cares? It's it's your choice, right? And I totally get what you're saying with the peer pressure and wanting to feel a part of the bar team and a part of the industry and the community and the culture. But in the same breath, um, choosing what's best for you, I think, is more important than succumbing to those peer pressures. And... Maybe you take half of a half of a half of a shot or, you know, you say, hey, I'm limiting myself to two shots tonight. This is one. Maybe the next one will be after my shift. So I think um, moderating that could really help or just putting something else in the cup because it's like I said, it's not in my opinion, it's 90 percent the act of, hey, cheers. Like we're all together. We're a community. Drink up. Doesn't mean you have to get wasted. Right. So. I think that that would be um, a suggestion I would have. And also, um, I, cannot, I can't remember who he was, this guy, this awesome guy that was brought up in one of our table talks. He had these pins that you would pin on your apron, your bar apron. And if you had that pin on, nobody would ask you to drink. It was oh, like wow. a don't ask, don't tell. It's like I have the pin on. Nobody's going to say, here's a shot, because they know. So it's an unspoken thing. So you don't have to come to the awkward conversation where it's like, yeah. here's a shot. I'm not drinking. Well, why? And then right. you're judged, right? <laughs> exactly. And then you're totally judged. And so there's, there's I, can't, I wish I could remember his name. I'll, I'll have to reach out to Chris Kelly, but she um, talked about him. But he created a pin. You just wear on your bar apron, and it's a don't ask, don't tell, which I think is really cool because that conversation can get, you could almost feel belittled by your coworkers because you're not drinking. Yeah. And I think a, a symbol for that, um, if we could create a symbol for that for San Francisco, that'd be great. <laughs> um, because it's, and it's a respect thing. It's like, Hey, I respect that. Cool. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you because you have that pin on. Yeah. It's, it seems like you can feel more empowered that way. It's like, no, I'm making this choice. I'm taking a stand for me. And it doesn't matter why you're not drinking. It's maybe you just don't feel like it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe you just like don't feel like taking shots of Fernet. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems like that's something you can do with your team. And it's even a way to feel more included with your team. All of these things add up. The, the long hours, the... Actually, let's talk about schedule. Like we operate on a different schedule than most of the world. Everybody. <laughs> um, and I think that's another challenge for exercising, for, for doing anything. How do you work around that? Again, it's um, going back to one of the table talks. We talked about this um, a lot about unorthodox schedules and how the world operates for nine to fivers yeah. all the time. It's like workout classes, 6 a.m. 
into five and then another one, 5 p.m. It's like there really isn't anything in that middle ground, yeah, right? Something like, that, like two. weird window. <laughs> yeah. It's like that weird window where it's like, oh, I can make that or, oh, I can do this. And so I think it's about finding a tribe and a culture and a, or a community within the hospitality community that wants to do those things at those times. One of the one of the reasons why I created Jigger and Dash is because when I first started teaching yoga, my coworkers would be like, oh, I want to come take a class. Like, when do you teach? Like 6 a.m., <laughs> 7.15 a.m. And they're like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll never see you. But, um, you know, those, but I used to offer these fitness classes in the middle of the day. It was like, they would start at like 11 and, and by like 2.30. And so people had a window and an option to attend these fitness classes, which was great. And like, we would have awesome people come every week and it was really cool and awesome. And like another reason why we host these, I host the events, these wellness events um, during those times, because um, it's really hard to, for us to access things in the middle of the day. But if you're not a group fitness person, I think it might be really easy to find one of your friends or maybe another bartender that you work with and be like, hey, how about every Tuesday we go on a hike? Cool. Yeah. What time works for you? 1 p.m. works for me, too, because we're on the same time schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think finding a friend um, that uh, you or friends or a group of people. But I think what's really hard for us to do is have a consistency with anything. I feel like um, committing is hard and, and fulfilling those commitments is hard as well. And so I think if you have people around you that are going to hold you accountable for those things and you're more likely to follow through. Mm. And so that's why I always say like, find a friend, find friends, because if you don't go, you're not letting yourself down only you're letting your friends down too. And it's a, it's a way just to be accountable. Um, and, follow through with what, with what you're going to well, follow through with what you planned on doing. So, yeah. So what are some things that bartenders can do some movements or, uh, cause, cause our job is, it's kind of the same. We're, we're standing and walking around, um, slump shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Pouring, <laughs> pouring drinks, lifting things mm -hmm. for, you know, eight or more hours a day. What kind of effect does does just the physicality of the job have on our bodies over time? And, you know, we hear about repetitive motion injuries and things like that. And what are some things we can do to, to help protect ourselves long-term? Uh, stretching. Stretching is so important. Before, after, both. both. Yeah. Stretching before and after. Um, using your bar towels. It might sound silly, but I do this all the time with um, staffs. We use bar towels. I'm just like, take your bar towel over your head, pull it. Imagine like you're pulling it apart and then like mm -hmm. wring out your shoulders and then take your towel behind your back. Imagine pulling it apart, lift your chest up, open your, open everything in the front because a lot of the times, especially if you're a bit taller, like I'm pretty tall and you seem pretty tall. Um, the wells are tiny. The yeah. wells like come to your knees and you're constantly in this hunched position. And you know, so, reaching forward because of the, 
where you're making the drink is like yeah <laughs> far exactly away yeah because the rails are right there and mm-hmm. you're trying to like reach to where your grates are and make the drink and then you're reaching even more to give the drink to somebody <laughs> and so it's like your butt's always sticking out and then you're like yeah. your upper body's like leaning forward and so we try to like contort our bodies in these like weird situations but um stretching is so important before and after um stretching your feet is really important everything starts from your foundation and if you don't wear good shoes at work it could fuck up everything Mm. like it could fuck up your back it could fuck up your posture and so shoes are really important and stretching your feet is so important people don't understand like how how often we're on our feet fucking it it could just mess up a lot of your body not just your feet so yeah. that's that's important too. So I would say stretching the feet and then stretching your wrists and your forearms, like bringing your hands together, like right in front of you, then like rolling your wrists out a little bit, and then pressing your palms like away from you and like drawing your shoulders back. Will really get a good stretch in your hands and your fingertips and uh, your wrists. So anything really that you can do to stretch your feet, your wrists, and also your chest and your back. I'm I'm doing it right now. I'm slant, I'm hunching over. <laughs> we all I'm, do it. We all do it, right? But when you're aware of it and you start to pull your shoulders back, you start to grow a little bit. But it's 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 hard if you don't have um, or if you lack strength in your back. That's another reason why you're slouching because you can't your your back can't support um, your good posture. And then we have these little muscles right in front here um, of our chest that when we slouch they shrink. And so the more we slouch, the more they shrink, and the harder it is to open them up. And so um, stretching is really important and then strengthening um, the back as well and your legs. It's like, you know, instead of like hunching over in in front of your uh, well where the rails are, maybe like sit down a little bit in a squat and like not pull you put your butt out and lean way over. And so these little adjustments that can really help and um, not taking care of yourself inside of inside and out, and I think this is very um, true and evident. Um, being in this industry, like it's not sustainable. It can be. I think it totally can be sustainable, mm. but there's a there's a big asterisk there. You 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 have to take care of your body because it's eventually um, it's going to give out. Um, I work with um, Adrian McCarran, who uh, had a sh- he was my bar manager at Churchill. Mm-hmm. And he had a stroke a year ago, and he would always make fun of me about yoga. He's like, oh, you and your yoga. Oh. And then um, he reached out to me after he had a stroke, and he's like, can you help me heal through yoga? And I have. Uh-huh. I've helped him. And like, and it's been a team of people um, assisting him in getting better. And he's walking with a cane after a year, and it was a major stroke. Wow. Um, he's going to the gym, and he's... He is he, his his demeanor has changed. Like his like his upper body is like so strong, and he's like so proud of that. And um, he's just worked really really hard. And one of the things I will never forget, and and I don't know if this is true or not, or I don't know, you know, um, medically speaking. But he looks at me like we're doing these exercises. He's like, one, this is way harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, two, he's like, if I were just doing this shit before, maybe I wouldn't be here. And like hearing him say that, I'm like, oh my, and like it almost brought me to tears. I'm just like, I feel so, because I know him, like he was a friend, like he was my boss. And um, it broke my heart a little bit, but I'm just like, Adrian, you're here now and like we're working on it and it's going to be good. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to get back to how you want to be and like all of these things. So 
um, preventative care is so important. Yeah, Thinking and it's not. It's never too late to start. It's like, never just, too late. To, no. Just start now. Start today. Even <laughs> just like the simple things you mentioned. Just it doesn't take a lot of time to stretch before your shift or yeah, after. Five minutes. Yeah, like five. Like five minutes. You just before. do it while you're walking home or whatever. Yeah, or walking to the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, totally. And it's just I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves when it comes to those things, because like I said, it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, we want to do, we want to do it and we want to do it well. And, um, we want to do it fast. And, and if we can't, we're just not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if this isn't, if this isn't like, if, the, if I can do this fast and quick and, and good, then I'm not going to do it. But, um, I would, I would just love more bartenders and industry professionals to embrace the fact that, um, self-care is more of a priority or should be more of a priority than a luxury because if you don't take care of yourself like how do you expect to take care of anybody else or how do you expect to feel good um and that's something that we hone in especially with jigger and dash it's like you know make it a priority it's not a luxury like you getting sleep is not a luxury. It should be a priority. And it's okay to have it. It's okay to have an unorthodox schedule. If you get off at four in the morning, make dinner, go to sleep, wake up, like be that unorthodox schedule. Like don't beat yourself up for sleeping in Mm -hmm. because that you need that rest. And I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves when it comes to that. It's like, oh, I have to be up at nine or 10, you know, to feel productive. It's like, no, if you don't, if you don't work until five, wake up at noon, that's fine. You know, and I think, I think coming to that realization that you need to, in my opinion, making your unorthodox schedule, like just making it your bitch, like, yeah, I'm, yep, I'm going to go to sleep at this time. And, and then set a routinized um, routine for yourself in those three or four days or five days that you're working and it's like, okay, I get up this time, I go to sleep at this time and I make dinner when I get home. And it, and it can, and some of these shifts in schedule or shifts in mindset and shifts in what we do with our time before and after work, they don't have to be big. They don't have to be big at all. It's like those, those little shifts and then you start, you feel a glimmer of feeling better. And you're like, oh, oh, this feels great. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, why, why, why am I not doing this like the other days, you know, um, whether with, that's with eating, with working out, um, meditation or whatever it is that makes you happy. Um, I think uh, just starting somewhere is really important. Start small and then you'll realize that it's doable yeah. and fun and you feel good and, and we'll just naturally want to do it more. That's great. Well, that's such great advice. Uh, it was really great having you on the show. Thank you. And, Thank you uh, for having me. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate everything. And- that was Tanya Clark. I challenge you this week to pack some healthy snacks for your shifts. Something easy and quick that you like to eat. I know you can do it. You'll feel great. Check out jiggerandash.com for more helpful advice and upcoming events. Tanya hosts regular table talks about all sorts of great stuff. If you're in the SF Bay Area, the next one is on April 29th, and it's about core values and beliefs. I've got links to all this and more at your86.com. Check it out. We'll see you next time.